Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state and the pursuit of justice. Email us at theradicalsecular at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at radical underscore secular. Follow us on Twitter at radical secular. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hello, and welcome back to The Radical Secular. I'm Sean Prophet. I'm Christoph Defoe. Today, we are going to talk to you about Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. We are obviously taping this episode on Halloween 2020. We hope you stayed home and stayed safe because your Halloween mask did not protect you from COVID, folks. <laughs> if, you, if you went to hang out with friends, you probably got exposed, and that's a truly scary Halloween story. We've hit 100,000 new cases, and we're back up to over 1,000 deaths a day, and some people still aren't taking this seriously. Hope you all did. What's on everybody's mind, of course, to the point of total distraction on this Halloween is the 2020 election. It's here. It's upon us. We're in the middle of it. And uh, about 100 million people have already voted, maybe 90-something. But uh, it's it, you know people are voting right now as we speak. By the time this airs, we will be less than 48 hours, folks, 48 hours from potentially knowing who's going to be our next president or not. Could be months before this is settled. Oh, my God. It's stressful. And next, we'll be talking about this week in white supremacy. At one of his rallies, Trump replaced the American flag with the flag of what Jeff Charlotte calls police nationalism. And Daily Beast has a report of, once again, no surprise, rampant white nationalism in the military, police forces, and federal agencies. We're going to check in on our mother continent of Africa. That's going to be an ongoing feature on the Radical Secular. Many African nations are also holding or have recently held elections. Ivory Coast, Tanzania, and Algeria. And Zambia failed to amend its constitution, which is a good thing because it was a terrible amendment. We'll tell you all about that. Uh, in this week's example of creeping libertarianism, Elon Musk has declared Mars to be a government-free zone. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Next, we'll discuss our main topic of the week, which is that terrible ideas have terrible consequences. We're going to be going into in depth the ideas that led us to Trumpism, starting with Reaganist libertarianism. Finally, we will have our radical solutions segment. I'll give you a hint. This week's solution is super <laughs> short and simple. I think you can probably guess what we're going to say. <laughs> of course, we'll go off the radical radar for a few minutes later in the show. But before we get into any of that, I want to first remind you to make sure and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on your podcast host. Write us a review. This is new. Write us a review at Apple. We found out this week that positive podcast reviews will help get us into their recommendation list faster than almost anything else. So tell your friends and family, write us a review. Word of mouth write matters. It, write it, write it, write it. <laughs> And second, I want to plug the Just Words Fallacy Medium publication. We have an article this week about deep fakes. Check it out. Check it out. Just Words Fallacy posts articles from progressive diverse authors related to politics, religion, and justice. Just Words Fallacy is the narrative companion to the Radical Secular Podcast. Link is in the show notes. Okay, now that I've got my mask off, we can talk about t-shirts. My t-shirt <laughs> this week is... Biden Harris, love it, classic. Right from the um, right from the store. I know because I have a similar shirt, and it's great because it's actually these are made uh, union made in um, in uh, in the United States, 
And it is a classic Biden Harris uh, sign with the three um, with the three uh, sort of bars as the E. And I think that's really funny because I was watching something on uh, 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 late night. So one of the late night shows and they the one um, when they go to one of the Trump rallies, they got a guy who goes to the Trump rallies. And this woman swears that those three lines are a sign of. Of, of socialism that biden is a socialist <laughs> yeah. and a communist socialism oh well we're, we have a lot to say about that later that's ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah well yeah. anyway I, this is my last chance to wear a biden harris t-shirt before it either becomes a collector's item or a sad reminder so <laughs> mm-hmm. i figured i'd wear it today uh how about absolutely. you what do you got yeah absolutely um so i am wearing also a biden uh a biden shirt it's not biden harris it's biden but it's, i bought this on the um uh, on the website, and it's uh, African Americans for 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 Joe Biden Harris, and here it is. Oh yeah, just says Joe in big letters. It has a brown, orange, and tan stripe for the E, and it's awesome. That's really great. Yeah, super simple, but I like it. I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's a shirt that I would wear anyway. I think it's you know I would wear it out. I think it's a cool shirt, and hopefully, it like you say, it doesn't become obsolete. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Uh, so, are you gonna wear that tonight for? Are you going to Halloween party? What are you doing? Oh, I got no. We got no plans. Um, I'm planning to uh, sit at home and um, and maybe watch some TV, but relax. Lindsay and I will probably watch something together or something real simple. Uh, you know, we are not really Halloween people. We never really have been. Um, we actually we're like we're like we're the kind of people who like turn off our lights if the kids don't go. To the we're, we're like, I'm, not, I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I hate. I know how terrible that sounds. I really do. But we're just not um, into it. We're just not into it. So. Um, although look, if there were a party tonight, we were talking before, if there were a party, we'd go to it because parties are fun, regardless of what the theme is. Parties are fun. But of course this COVID-19 era and there are no fucking parties. Yeah, no, that's smart. It's, it's smart. And, uh, yeah, like we said, Halloween mask won't protect you. Well, other than that, (laughs) (laughs) what's the scariest thing for you about this Halloween? Oh my God, man. The, The scariest thing. I mean, it's the election. I mean, that, I mean that that is that 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 is the obvious thing. But then, but uh, dumb but, question. But, I know. <laughs> but, but still, but still, but still, I think it's important, right? Because what is it that I fear, right? And and the what I fear, if anything, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, is the mechanics of it all, right? And um, and look, the 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 the, the Supreme Court has telegraphed their their what their approach is. And, and Trump has telegraphed what their strategy is, which is run up the numbers so it's as close as possible and then pass it off to the Supreme Court, which is now full of partisan hacks. Uh, Kavanaugh and and Barrett are the most obvious examples of that hackery. And uh, and so that's the kind of stuff that that's what keeps me up. That That is terrifying to me. Um, it's more terrifying right now than global warming, although that is sort of the the, the, the looming existential threat. It well, is, you know, the, you know, court with Barrett on there is going to you know, be very hostile to any sort of climate uh, remediation or action. Exactly. Any exactly. sort of laws that we want to pass to save ourselves. These guys are going to go, no, that's bad for corporations. Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I I, I heard. This is what's terrifying. And I, I heard this uh, earlier earlier this week. I heard this. And that is, uh, you know, it's really easy to look at, at Kavanaugh and look at Barrett and be like, oh, these are partisan hacks. And they are partisan hacks. I mean, they're clear partisan hacks in a way that other the other uh, even conservative justice haven't been. I mean, look, uh, Barrett was appears in essentially a, a, a promo 
on like coming out on the on the um, veranda there with mm-hmm. on the portico there with uh, with Trump. I mean, and no, she didn't have to do clear. that. She didn't have to do clear. that. Right. This was after she'd already been cemented. At, she didn't have to go like that was a that is un, that is not what Supreme Court justices do. They don't do that. They have to at least pretend to be yeah. impartial. Did you see the submissive look on her face? There's a photo of her looking at uh, Donald Trump, and it is terrifying. Oh. Uh, the look of submission on her face and just a- a- abject, just obsequious fawning yep. over him is yep. unbelievable. And it, it just, yeah. And, and you know, you've got these, these, this family, the Trump family is so callous. And so, uh, and this is what scares me is mm-hmm. on Fox, Donald Trump Jr. was interviewed and he said that the cases of COVID were down to almost nothing. Now that's exactly the opposite of the truth. Okay. There's oh, a thousand cases or a thousand deaths a day yes. and, and a hundred thousand cases. So basically that's a, that's a person drowning to death alone every 86 seconds, an American. And wow. that to, to Donald Trump Jr. That's nothing. That's nothing. And, and, you know, I think Eric Trump was on uh, talking about how uh, in he was on Laura Ingram's Ingram show that God, I can't stand that woman. Um, But she and obviously that whole apparatus, but uh, he was on the show and talking about how it's not COVID-19 that that people are worried about in right now. It is the biggest thing, this is him saying this, I'm not quoting exactly, but the, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, the biggest thing that Americans care about right now is right wing, uh, I'm sorry, left wing bias on social media platforms. He said that right. the problem is so <laughs> pervasive, <laughs> this problem is so pervasive that that is what Americans are worried about right now. And that's why they're going to the polls. This is, these are the words that come out of his mouth, not COVID-19. It couldn't possibly be the, the right, the, the rampant uh, yeah. death and, and destruction. You do Jobs. remember. You do remember that in uh, 2016 that this was the whole thing. This is why Trump won because you guys were mean to us on social media. <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Crazy. This is their value system, and and Trump himself, he's the he's the ultimate troll. Uh, you know, mm. his claim is COVID, 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 oh, COVID. He said it like ten times, and he said mm-hmm. it's all fake news. It's directed personally at him, personally, personally. at him, of course, to, to try to stop his rallies and ruin his reelection, and to stop conservatives from gathering. Like we want. Only conservatives not to gather, right? We're not worried about yeah. liberals, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And meanwhile, and meanwhile, you know, Biden is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing in terms of the gatherings, right? The 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 drive-in uh, rallies, which I think is a genius idea. It's um, genius. It's genius. It's brilliant. So you can beep your horn. You you have to stay within arm's length of your car, so you can still be around people, but still, mm-hmm. but 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 it's really well contained. And what he is doing is projecting this message, right? A message of competence, of of compassion, and taking things, taking this thing seriously. And as we've talked about extensively on this show, uh, the COVID-19, regardless of what Trump does or pretends or or pretends or his sycophants pretenders what's happening, COVID-19 is number one issue on people's minds. And it's because literally it affects everyone's life, but also it's affecting the economy. So normally people say people vote on the economy. Yes, but you cannot separate COVID-19 from the economy right now. You can't. And, you know, of course, he says this is going to go away November 4th, that there's zero chance of that happening. As a matter zero. of fact, literally all fall, zero. all fall and winter, we're going to be in a, in, a, in a crisis mode. We may very well have to reenter a full lockdown. The UK just today announced that they are reentering a full and complete lockdown. So, I mean, how could he get away with this shit and expect to be reelected? I don't know. I don't know either. And, um, and, uh, uh, and, but, but really, Sean, we really do know, right? Because 
first of all, white supremacy. We cannot, mm. we cannot discount, and the hierarchy that we talk about, we cannot discount people's commitment to white supremacy and to the hierarchy as it exists. That's number one. Number two mm-hmm. is voter suppression and voter intimidation. Number yeah. three is the unelected power of the of the courts and the judiciary, which is why they know, like, like Mitch McConnell especially, there is nothing stupid about Mitch McConnell. There's a lot of stupid things about the Trumps, but there is nothing stupid about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is, a, is brilliant, um, an yeah. evil genius. And he knows, he knows, he sees the writing on the wall, right? Back in 2008, back in 2008, um, and back in 2008, the we Democrats won with an unbelievably powerful online funding machine, right? Mm-hmm. So what they did was they they the John Roberts. The first thing John Roberts did was was uh, was was Citizens United. One of the first things they did was Citizens United. So that's the only way the Republicans can compete, right? Number number two, 2012, Democrats win with a, a, a super diverse coalition and and record turn, turn, uh, voter turnout. And what do they do? They they got the Voting of Rights Act so that you're able to suppress the vote. So so what they so, and Mitch McConnell is behind is is the engine part of the engine behind all of this. And my point is that he is packing the course because he knows the only way they retain power right now is through minority rule. That's the only way, and that is how they intend to win elections going forward a blaze brazenly yeah and, and i kind of feel like a broken record because we say this all the time but you mm-hmm. know this could be our last election as we know it because they have decided that we don't really get to vote exactly I mean, 100 yep. people 100 million people have voted we don't know if those ballots are going to be counted we've never been in modern america in a place where the major argument of an election is not who will get the most votes but the argument is now about whether certain votes should even count and it's because it's gone, as you've said, it's gone way beyond voter suppression. I mean, they 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 are in court every single election trying to reduce polling places, cut down on drop off locations, reduce voting hours, challenging mailing ballots. They're challenging signatures in Democratic areas anywhere. There's a large population of people of color. They are they're scrutinizing every ballot. Now they have thousands of people scrutinizing ballots. They're not even pretending anymore. And nope. and then this postal service thing, like if they had, you know, if, if these, these modifications, you could possibly understand that a Republican president would want to privatize the Postal Service, but he's had four years to do it. And the fact that he got this guy in there right now, this uh, DeJoy or whatever his name is, uh, he is a huge donor and he is Mm -hmm. someone who was brought in right this summer, just this summer, not like four years ago when he first got elected, but just this summer to mess with the mail, knowing that COVID was on the rampage and knowing that we were going to be heavily depending on mail-in ballots. So at this point, elections are not anymore about policy. They're just procedural contests. Who can abuse the law to get elected? That is absolutely right. And the Republicans, uh, you know, Republicans know that if they talk about their policies in um, uh, and are honest about them, um, that they will lose because their policies are deeply, deeply unpopular, right? Um, uh, Americans have a typical idea of fairness, um, even uh, conservative Americans even, right? Because even conservative Americans have think, and, and uh, I'm not talking about the cult of 45, right? That's a specific 35% of the population, right? That is uh, of the voter of the voter population. I'm, I'm, those right. numbers are, are are general, but uh, right, they are specific, and they're and and these people, those people are not bright, and they are and they're not aware, and they live in a in a media ecosystem that reinforce that just consistently reinforces their belief system and 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 shields them from information that um that 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 disconfirms their already pre-existing beliefs, right? So. 
whatever, put those people in a bucket. But most Americans, even conservative Americans, have a general idea of fairness, right? They don't want, they, they don't think that rich people should not pay taxes. They don't think that, um, uh, that privatizing everything is the solution to, to problems. People do want solutions on climate change. They don't want to live under pollution. People, like we talked about in the past, people do want new green progressive jobs, right? And again, yeah. and people want this, but we, 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 we are, we are living in an environment now that, that, uh, and, and Trump, Trump knows this. They know this, man. They know this because they know that their their base lives in a micro in, in an ecosystem that, that that is that is impenetrable. And the rest of us, they can suppress our votes. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, man. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. This is the kind of stuff that keeps well, me fired up and pissed off. The thing about it is, is that they their idea of themselves, this thirty five percent that you're talking about, uh, their idea of themselves is highly magnified because they keep getting told by Fox News that they're right. Uh, they keep getting told that they're winning, that the mm -hmm. polls are fake, the news is fake, yep. everything's fake. And sometimes they're correct because the election is rigged in their favor. So they actually believe they don't, they're not accountable to democracy. And so this whole fuck your feelings attitude, it's really fuck everybody else, fuck the other voters, fuck, fuck majority rule. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. It's, it, and it's, it's really, really terrifying. And, and, you know, I, I have, over the last week, uh, just like uh, any other decent progressive person uh, in America or any decent person in America um, has been watching the polls and has said to, and it's been and woken up every morning, terrified, right, with anxiety. Um, and look here, and I, I've heard this, and I think it's the right way to approach this. We should be concerned. We should be taking this very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said last week, we are winning. Let's not forget that, yeah. right? We are we are winning, and what the the way that we get we sidestep all of the all the bat shittery as uh, that is such a Sean Sean term, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bat shittery uh, and rat fuckery as another Sean term um, <laughs> on the uh, on the right um, from the Supreme Court on down is win in like five points or better. In Pennsylvania, yeah. five points or better in Wisconsin, five points or better, right? That's how we do this. And so I think that the that the attitude to have here is we need to work our asses off for the next four days or whatever, mm -hmm. however long it is. Jesus Christ, it's so fucking close, it's, dude. It's so soon. <laughs> it's so soon. Well, since there's nothing else we can do about that, let's move on to the rest of our news. I, I yeah, want to talk it. about the thing that is not going to be solved by Joe Biden winning the election, and that is the white supremacy problem that we have in America. Mm -hmm. I think he can make a big difference because he can actually uh, change. He can change how the police are, are, are funded. He can change the Justice Department, the, the way that the consent decrees, he can bring those back, the ones that Jeff Session uh, got rid of. And there are there are ways that the federal government can rein in the police, but it's not going to change this groundswell of white supremacy. And I wanted to read something by Jeff Charlotte, which I mentioned earlier. In the opening, he is the writer of the book, The Family, which became a Netflix series. And I'm friends with him on Facebook. And he wrote a really insightful piece on Facebook about police nationalism and the Blue Lives Matter flag. So I'm going to just read the whole thing because it's, it's worth it. It's going to take about five minutes, but it's still worth it. So he says, first, the black, white and blue anti-black Lives Matter flag flew outside of Trump rallies, then on stage next to the U.S. flag. In Wisconsin last week, it replaced the U.S. flag behind Trump. 
Now the American flag with all its complications is just gone and a fascist banner waves. Growing dominance of Blue Lives Matter flags within Trumpism suggests a formation close to, but not identical with, both white nationalism and the police state. I'll call it police nationalism. Identity founded on the fetishization of an explicitly brutal and implicitly racist idea of policing. Police nationalists, like the civilian creator of the Blue Lives Matter flag, are mostly not law enforcement. Rather, they are people who form an identity, a sense of themselves, through fantasizing about punishment for others, hence the popularity of the Punisher motif. Police nationalists are white supremacists, including occasional non-white ones, it's definitely an infectious disease, who don't want to think of themselves as such. Police nationalism allows them to fetishize force as law and relieves them of having to think about what law is. Police nationalists often merge law and order with an authoritarian idea of Christianity, but in essence I think it's a secularization of an authoritarian faith, fetishization of a fixed received law and order similar to fundamentalist natural law with state power replacing divine. Now I want to stop for a second here because Christoph, you know we, we've actually talked about natural law and what natural law does. And I, I just think this is something that I, it's really nice to see Jeff Charlotte picking up on that theme. Totally, totally. I think that, and uh, boy, he, he, there's so much packed in there and, and we can talk more about it later, but yeah, the natural law issue is, is critical. And, uh, and I think and it gets, again, I think it connects back to hierarchy and, uh, and, and the importance of that in the, in that sort of right-wing ideology. Yeah. And when you, when you invoke natural law, something that is given from God, you don't have to explain yourself. And that's something that's a theme we hit over and over and over again. Absolutely. So Jeff Charlotte continues, you may have seen a popular meme of the anti-Black Lives Matter police nationalist flag with stripes pulled away to reveal a Nazi flag. I get the sentiment, but it obscures the fact that this authoritarian flag is now at least far more versatile in its service to neo-fascism. That's because the Nazi flag only means one thing. The police nationalist flag now means many things. Anti-Black Lives Matter, which is how it began. It means Trump. And yes, a martyred memory of officers killed in the line of duty. It's like Trump. It twists. I've been reporting on the right for 20 years. I believe self-definition matters. Police nationalists are now calling their flag back the blue, a statement they experience not as nonpartisan, but as transcending partisanship. It's an assertion of ultimate authority. But worse, implicit in the slogan back the blue when used by police nationalists is the fantasy of a coming conflict which aligns neatly with QAnon's idea of a storm in which backing the blue will mean choosing a side in a civil war not so much feared as anticipated. Police nationalists endorse police violence under cover of police benevolence. One often finds them trading memes of cops with little kids, often a little blonde white girl, or thought to immunize against charges of racism, a little black boy. The police nationalist memes of cops with kids are not false. Police, for all the profound and fundamental problems with American policing, often do good things. One can recognize that and still see police nationalism for what it is, the replacement of civil authority with armed power framed in the twin sentimentalisms of innocence and violence. Wow, man, man. And yeah, I'm, I, obviously I, I read that uh, before, but it's it's um, really powerful to hear it now. Um, you know, I my, my initial reaction to it is, um, and I know the, the comparisons to the Nazi state aren't aren't exact aren't exact but um and, and also the uh the the connection to the run-up 
to the Nazi state weren't exact, right? But the brown shirts and the thugs, um, that is what comes to mind right away for me. It is that this idea, this sort of almost paramilitary um, idea. And, and, and again, it's not a perfect analogy because, right. Uh, because here we have the Bugaloo boys, right. Um, yeah. Well, we and, did, and, we did use the, that blue stripe flag with it pulled back to reveal a Confederate flag on mm-hmm. the just words fallacy in our article. So we have definitely made those parallels before, but I think what he's saying is right. It's not the Confederate flag and it's not the Nazi flag. It's something right. completely, it's, this is a new, a new thing. form of American fascism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fascism has come to America, man. It, it, it has come to America. It is wrapped in the flag. And I, the the idea I saw this, I, I saw I think I saw this on Twitter as well. Um, uh, this idea of the fact that the American flag has been replaced, not next to, but replaced by this flag is super, super important. And, and, and it's super important. It, it's super important. And in the world that we live in, that is every day is another Trump disaster. Every day is another sort of neo-fascist move um, or authoritarian impulse. It's easy to sort of shrug our shoulders and say, okay, well, that's that. But it, it it's this is super 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 important and any 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 space that used to exist between the sort of thin blue line and legitimate policing and this movement is and and white supremacy any any light that used to exist between those two things is now completely gone completely gone well you look at it metaphorically and that is that Okay, this is an American flag, but it has been drained of color. Okay, the blood mm. uh, of patriots is what was represented by the the red stripe in the flag, and and the people who actually bled to establish our country with its laws and its constitution and all of those things. But furthermore, there's a more even sinister metaphor, and that is that the rest of the flag is now black and white. And who controls the relationship between black and white people in America is the cops. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying, and. Yeah. So if I, as a white person, want to, to, to pass laws and vote for laws that are inclusive, that are, and, and to see black people treated fairly, I can't do that because I've got to go through the cops. They're the ultimate deciders of this thing. And yeah. it's really, really, really fucking scary. It really is scary. And I mean, obviously this, this, uh, this is why this election is so critical and it's so important, not that, not just to win, uh, but to repudiate Trumpism and this neo-fascism, let's call it what it is. I mean, right? It's neo-fascism. It's neo-fascism. Let's call it, it's neo-fascism. Let's not call it Trumpism. Let's call it neo-fascism because that's what we're talking about here. And if you look at fascist organizations and fa- uh, fascist countries throughout history, this is precisely how it happens. I mean, this is precisely how it happens. And it happens when people are afraid of uh, people look, right? We we talk a lot on this show about uh human, the human animal Mm -hmm. and human animal in social situations and in society. And we see this over and over again when, when there is, when the, when democracies begins to, uh, to falter. And by that, I mean, when the government ceases to be able to provide what it needs to provide, um, what it should be providing for the, for, for people, they look to a strong man to break through the gridlock. Right. And we see, we saw this in the Weimar Republic. We saw this, uh, in Germany. We saw, we've, we've seen this all around the world and we, now we are seeing it here, right? Where, uh, wealthy, powerful interests have essentially ground the government to a halt through mm-hmm. their power and then 
rather than looking and democratic forces are then are are um are then unable to sort of give the people what they need and so the people and then it that's a perfect it perfect perfect conditions for a, a an authoritarian strongman to come in and say don't worry i will give you easy straightforward clear answers and, and and even in on those maga flags right it says no more bullshit right yeah. this idea that it's this idea that he's going to cut through the democratic process that's exactly what it means and and we have to what makes this i want to touch on this briefly before we move on because we got to mm -hmm. move on but sure this is the the daily beast ran an article and what happened is a nonprofit media collective called Unicorn Riot uh, managed to get their hands on hundreds of thousands of leaked group texts. And this uh, is yes. from uh, this is among people who are members of the of the Boogaloo Boys and uh, the, they, boys. the boys, <laughs> as we love to make fun of them. But, you know, they are looking at trying to target civilians and they are looking at trying to foment civil war. And we did see them actually plan to kidnap and execute an American state governor. And so this is this is a real issue. And last week, we, you know, we talked about the need for a warrior class to protect society, but that only works when warriors and protectors are under civilian control to protect the whole tribe. What we have right now is that essentially our police and their supporters like the Boogaloo Boys are only interested in protecting the white tribe. And they also are trying to protect an absence of accountability for law enforcement. So basically the law enforcement becomes uh, identical to the law. Absolutely, that's so true. And that's a really important distinction, like an important connection you just made there, right? The law enforcement becomes the law. The law enforcement's no, right, it's no longer enforcing uh, a, a, a civilian created laws it is the law right it is now just an instrument of power right it is just uh, it is just the, uh, the 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 hands and the arms of power uh, of 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 a handful of powerful interests and we talked at the top of the show we talked about minority rule and they are the enforcers now of power because that's what minority rule is right it's just raw power necessarily yeah. right and that dovetails right with the Punisher fantasy and all of that. Exactly. These people exactly. see themselves as comic book characters. They really yes, do. Yes, they really, really do. And you've talked about this, like the and that is the problem with superheroes in general, right? Um, and look, I'm I like the Marvel comics, I like the Marvel universe as much as the next guy, but the problem with that is this idea that you can that we should just accede our 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 um our decision making, our our problem solving to to some magical force, right? That that is all powerful, and that is just going to solve these problems. And again, it dovetails with with religious thinking. It dovetails with authoritarian thinking, and 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 it's it's a problem. It's a problem when you start thinking of yourself as, like you say, a superhero who's going to like do like a cosplay uh, dude who's going to run out in the streets, and next thing you know, uh, you're you're in Kenosha and you're shooting and you're shooting. Yeah. Uh, protesters, right? That that's where that ends. That's where that ends. Superheroes, aliens, gods, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's all <laughs> the same thing. All gods matter. All yeah. gods matter. To hark back to one of our earlier shows. <laughs> yeah. And this so this stuff is a is a huge problem. It's it's definitely going to outlast Trump and that's going to be a major challenge for us going forward. And I want to put this in some stark terms because we're going to talk about Africa now. And mm -hmm. Africa is 
a cautionary tale about where we could be if we're not careful. And you're going to see this as we go through what's going on. Ivory Coast is voting today. There have been threats of violence. Many people are stocking up on food and leaving the cities. Reports on Facebook of people being hacked to death have spooked the population. I mean, when you think we hear when we hear the word hacked, we think of a computer, right? These are people actually yeah. being hacked with machetes. It's it's just it's fucking insane. Uh, so this is definitely going to reduce the number of people who are voting. Only about three million of seven point five million registered voters have collected their voting cards, and about two hundred thirty-five thousand voting cards have been stolen or burned. President Alison Wadera is running for an illegal third term in office. So this election is taking place right now while we're taping this show. But wow, does this sound familiar? Guy getting an illegal third term, ballot tampering, threats of violence. Holy crap. I mean, we wish the people of Ivory Coast well, and we hope that democracy prevails. Stay tuned. Situation is a little different in Tanzania. Tanzania just held an election last Friday. President John Mafuli was declared the winner of a second term amid allegations of widespread election fraud. He received 84% of the vote, while the opposition candidate Tundu Lisu got 13%. What were we saying about dictator uh, I, voting oh margins? <laughs> Literally last week, we were talking about this. Like, these sort of comical, like, sort of d- disparities. Like, wait, are you, come on. <laughs> come on. You're talking about 85. You, you think that 85% of people to agree on anything. <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel I feel terrible for the people of Tanzania. I mean, we're laughing at that, but Me it's too. just this is this is what we face the same issue here yeah, right now. Absolutely. I mean, it's not absolutely. quite as bad as this, but we, dark you know, we humor, look, right? Gallows oh. humor, man. Gallows humor. Yeah. So Mafuli's ruling Chamacha Mapinduzi party also won an absolute majority in parliament. So he's a dictator. Sure. Lisu has rejected the vote while. Lisu has rejected the vote while alleging widespread irregularities and called for peaceful demonstrations. The opposition asserts that thousands of observers were turned away from polling stations on Wednesday and that at least a dozen people were killed on the eve of the vote in the semi-autonomous region of Zanzibar. Internet and text messaging service slowed dramatically or disappeared. They cut off the internet for these people. Unbelievable. The vote marked the most significant backsliding in Tanzania's democratic credentials. Tanzania Elections Watch, a group of regional experts, said in an assessment released Friday. It noted a heavy deployment of military and police whose conduct created a climate of fear. Where have we heard this? Seriously, Jesus Christ. I mean, this really is just like further down the path that we are on as a country. It is terrifying. It's terrifying. So it continues. The electoral process so far falls way below the acceptable international standards for holding free and fair elections, the group said. The opposition alleges widespread irregularities, including double voting and ballot box seizing by security forces or other authorities. The East African nation is one of Africa's most populous countries and fastest growing economies. Magafuli has pointed to the country's achievement of lower middle income status as one reason he deserves another term. But observers say Tanzania's reputation for democratic ideals is crumbling, with Magafuli accused of severely stifling dissenting voices in his first five-year term. Opposition political gatherings were banned in 2016, the year after he took office. Media outlets have been targeted. Some candidates were arrested or blocked from campaigning or disqualified ahead of the vote. Wow. 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 Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, I was having a conversation with somebody, uh, a friend of mine online, um, uh, and we were talking about how. You know, in America, at this point, at this point, there isn't a jackboot on 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 uh, on our throats in in that exact in that same way, right? It's not 1984, um, but it really smacks a lot more of um, 
um, a brave new world. And that is that, uh, and that because, right, we have our classes, but mostly we have SOMA, right? So you have people that are so disconnected um, are, are so connected to reality TV or sports or, uh, or whatever else that sort of distracts them from the realities of what's going on around them and, um, and, and, and don't realize themselves, our country sliding slowly into dystopia, right? Because people are so distracted. So um, you have a media ecosystem on the right, obviously, but also you have average people who just don't take this seriously, right? And they think it's a joke. And, 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 Mm-hmm. It's not until uh, there there is a person who's who is running for a third term and 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 literally uh, seizing ba- ballot boxes that it all becomes very real. Well, the, the fascists know that these kind of tuned out uh, bread and circuses type voters need their distractions, and so they make sure that those nothing will happen to those distractions. Those distractions will continue, mm-hmm. and people will be able to escape into sports and all those things. And a lot of people will just decide that democracy is not really that important to them as long as they can you know, have the guys over for a couple of beers and watch a game. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let's move on to Algeria. In Algeria, a constitutional referendum will be held on November 1st. It's a series of government reforms that is being pitched as an improvement to democratic accountability. But (laughs) there is widespread (laughs) cynicism and many people are tearing up posters for the referendum. There are videos on Twitter today of huge piles of ripped up posters filling the streets with people stomping on them. The trouble started when four term Algerian president Abdelaziz Bouteflika announced that he was running for a fifth term in in February 2019. Bouteflika was involved in a massive corruption in cronyism scheme, including building a $2 billion mosque as a monument to himself and was also rumored to have suffered a stroke. Of course, you know, who do you believe? How do you know whether the guy had a stroke or not? Exactly. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, After massive street demonstrations, the military forced Bouteflika to step down in April of 2019 and arrested many of his cronies. Current President Abdelmajid Daboon was elected in December 2019 and is pushing the constitutional referendum, which would, among other things, give the president veto power over all laws, complete control of the judiciary without parliamentary consultation for judicial appointments, and give him executive authority over the entire government bureaucracy. <laughs> uh, no conflict of interest there. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, you know, oh boy. I, you know, we laugh, but it's not funny, right? Because this is happening all over the world, man. And, and democracies that are not as that don't have the same length of uh, basically like momentum that we have or had um, are crumbling, are crumbling in the face of this stuff. Well, this is why it's important for us to look at these things in Africa, because right now we have been always the country that has had solid, free and fair elections. And we've been the one, if anything, interfering in other people's elections. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so now we've got we've got Russia, China, Iran, whoever possibly interfering in our elections. We've got big money with its thumb on the scale. We've got all these things and we're headed for uh, this same status of, of a, we're a corrupt, flawed democracy at this point. We're not, yep. we're not a real democracy anymore. No. And what's worse is that there's people who just don't care about that. Like a huge chunk of Americans are just like, yeah, that's, that, that, that's fine. As long they, as, uh, as long as I get what I need, my, like you say, my sports, and as long as I'm in power and I got money and, and my taxes are not going to people that I think or don't deserve them, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's discouraging. So again, good luck to Algeria. Uh, the final note on Africa is in Zambia, a good, a bit of good news, small piece mm. of good news. 
Parliament defeated a similar constitutional amendment that would have given current head of state Edgar Lungu the authority to implement redistricting in advance of the August 2021 elections, as well as given him complete control over central bank monetary policy. So right. that failed. <laughs> right. Well, a little bit of good news. We'll take it where we can get it, right? We will. But God, a bunch of dictators on parade. Holy, Seriously, holy shit. man. Seriously. And yeah, it's 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 scary. And and I, I really, you know, I was talking to the same person online and I am I call myself an Obama Democrat. And um and not and I said this I think probably last week as well, and that is that I have hope. I do. And I think that, and I'm resolute. Right. And, and, um, and I think that I, I think that we can, as a, as a society do better, can do better. I think a, a huge part of that is going to be our country, United States of America, um, repudiating this and starting a trend, right. And, and really becoming a leader in recovering democracy from these despots worldwide. Yeah, if if we aren't there, China's not going to stop the despots. Definitely Russia's not, not going to stop the despots. No, Brazil, <laughs> India—they're all run by despots at this point. Exactly, exactly. We are the last line of defense for democracy, man. All right, that's not true. Angela Mark Merkel uh, is really the last line of defense. The EU and um, and is really the last line of defense. But again, we as the United States are the standard bearer for democracy and um and uh civilian government and uh checks and balances most importantly and yeah. so uh and and no we have not been perfect <laughs> we have not been perfect uh, no. understatement but 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 we are the best positioned to be the vanguard of a new democracy and defeat new neo-fascism we have absolutely to and we have we, to be we have an army we have, a, we have a military that is second to none, and so we actually have the capacity to take on some of these other countries, which, frankly, you know, Merkel doesn't. Exactly. So. <laughs> we have the infrastructure, the world, literally worldwide infrastructure, right, that no other country has. And that's why when people need help, they turn to the United States because, it, it, you know, we just have the infrastructure. Like if you need something done in the middle of nowhere uh, in, uh, you know, in, in uh, Eastern Europe or in Africa or wherever, who else is going to be able to fly uh, fly airplanes there? No, really, there's only a handful of us. And America, yeah. we'll show up. We'll show up with an aircraft carrier if we have to, right? Uh, right. And, and, and to battle with and, 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 uh, and an amphibious assault ship of Marines, you know, right. that, that, that gets people's attention. <laughs> gets people's attention real quick. It does. But all of that is under the control of our ballot boxes, which are now being exactly. tampered with. So Exactly. Uh, this is a good segue to our next topic, which is the, really the main topic of our show, which is how did we get here and what kind of ideas uh, put us in this situation? And mm -hmm. lo and behold, Elon Musk, who we normally like to think of as a good guy, he is definitely not on the side of the, of the angels here. He has declared Mars to be a government-free zone. <laughs> in the terms of service for its new Starlink internet service, SpaceX has declared that the laws of Earth will not apply. Now, granted, this is a, this is a, a big future problem. This is probably twenty years into the future, mm -hmm. but the idea is is that we are in the process of potentially extending our civilization, and the people who are in charge of that project don't believe in our system of government. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's this is it's completely batshit. Let me read what he says. He says. 
for services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via Starship or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet that has no Earth-based government and no Earth-based government has authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. Accordingly, disputes will be settled through self-governing principles established in good faith at the time of the Martian settlement. Well, who's in charge of that self-government? Elon Musk or whoever's running SpaceX, right? Yeah. This is corporate fascism, folks. Wow. Wow. And, you know, yeah. And and this is really deeply troubling, Sean. And it's troubling from a lot of perspectives. But I think one of the biggest problems here is, um, first of all, the fantasy that, 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 if you just get rid of government, that everyone will just figure it out on their own. It's like it, it's a, a fantasy. It's a fallacy. Uh, it, it is a, it, a gross misunderstanding of human nature. Um, and 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 like you say, cor- corporate fascism. And this is why I think one of the biggest problems with having. I mean, I'm really happy that Elon Musk is doing what he's doing um, in general, but. You know, this is one of the biggest problems when you defund the government. And so you can't so NASA can't do this kind of stuff. Right. Not anymore. (laughs) It really. So NASA. And so now this has been this been privatized and outsourced in some way, which I guess is good for good ideas. But the problem is, here we are. This is exactly the problem. The question is now who's going to run Mars and it's going to be a a corporate uh, libertarian paradise. I mean, yeah. What what the fuck? Well, this is it. And we have to talk about, we have to really talk about it. And this is, it's probably going to go long, but this is our libertarianism segment because we've, we've in passing sort of ripped on libertarians, but we really haven't gone through the full, the full diatribe of why mm-hmm. this is such a terrible idea. And, and, and we need to do it because this is what has gotten us here, starting with Reagan. So for sure, uh, the Republican party has just gone full libertarian and all of their supporters from the Koch brothers to, you know, Chicago school of economics. I mean, uh, Milton Friedman. I mean, this is just, this is an old, old story that's been going on for, for our entire lives, but it, it really was a repudiation of the new deal and the mm-hmm. idea of the great society and all of the things that Democrats have been trying to put in place for the last hundred years to make a fair society. So let's dive into that libertarianism in general sounds good. I mean, freedom, after all, do whatever you want. I mean, the second part of the statement in any kind of reasonable civilization is so long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. But that whole idea has become a kind of a cruel joke. It's often a footnote, at the very least parenthetical. Freedom and liberty are in some form the subject of nearly every political philosophy and even every religion. You, you hear heard this in Genesis, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The idea that that's Genesis one twenty eight, and that is the idea that man has dominion. Man should do whatever should be free to do whatever whatever he or she wants with the earth. <clears throat> so that sets us up for a real problem with religion. Yeah. What, 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 there wasn't this one asshole recently who said, went out and said that, like, right, that the earth was never meant for us to, it's basically ours to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like disposable. Yeah, it's disposable. Um, right? Disposable. And, and, and it's this idea, it's the cornucopian idea that, that we, we just take, we take and we don't give. Right. Uh, and that is right in Genesis. And this is why, this is why we're radically secular because mm-hmm. religion sets us up for a fall this way. We can't survive with 8 billion people on a planet that we're treating as disposable. Exactly. And we're not, and we're nowhere near the point where, because there's a lot of these arguments like, well, yeah, we'll just go to a different planet. It'll be fine. It's like, I mean, the insanity of that 
statement where we are unable to even live. We got a, we are happy to have a space station that we can live on, let alone you live. And, and that is no life. I mean, living like an astronaut is not like living on earth. You know? Let's discuss the bounty of earth. I mean, this is, this yeah. we could have a whole episode on this, but br briefly Mars is like living in something drier than the Sahara desert with no oxygen. <laughs> That's what it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Come on. It is red. So you got to bring everything with you, everything you want. Maybe there's water there. They can melt water from underground, but they can't. There's no, you know, terraforming the place would take centuries or thousands of years. And there's no, it's not going to happen in, in any kind of time frame that would make any difference to us. Right. So, so that's a, but we, that's a whole, I'd love to do a show on that actually, because it's really interesting and fun to think about. <clears throat> but it's not just, okay. So it's not just Christianity or the Bible. It is even uh, Aleister Crowley and the Satanic Bible. There is no law beyond do what thou wilt. Love is the law, love under will. And this was interestingly an echoing of something that was said by uh, the Christian St. Augustine of Hippo. Same quote. Mm. Uh, and John Stuart Mill on liberty, he says, mm -hmm. a person may cause evil to others not only by his actions, but by his inaction. And in either case, he is justly accountable to them for the injury. So actually, John Stuart Mill, who is the sort of the patron saint of libertarianism, has kind of told these guys they're full of shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I'm, you know, and you know, Mill is, yeah, Mill is the patron. So I say to this, but like, you know, it, it's, and it, we'll get into it. But the the bottom line is that libertarianism overlooks the uh, it overlooks the um, externalities, right? I mean, it the externalities, and and you cannot run a global, a, 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 you can't run a civilization. You just simply can't run a civilization that way. No. And of course, that is the, the classic freedom from versus freedom to, which we've always yep. talked about yep. many times. And in the case of COVID, it's the freedom to walk around in public without a mask versus the freedom from being, you know, being free from the risk of infection. No Absolutely. society can function without resolving those kind of conflicts. And the same thing goes through I, my freedom to burn and coal roll in my big truck is, <laughs> is in conflict with other people's freedom uh, to, to be free from pollution. So it's it's a, it's an unresolvable thing and you have to resolve that through through courts and laws that balance interests exactly exactly and and you know the the this i hate god libertarians drive me fucking nuts but the the <laughs> the idea that that freedom it's such a very narrow idea of what freedom is, you know, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about you like well let's talk about freedom of the mind first and then we'll get back to that yeah, well, this is this is the big thing, free speech, freedom of conscience. And mm -hmm. so that's the first liberty that these the libertarians discuss. And what they're not really understanding is that there are huge problems with the idea of free will. And chief yep. among those is it, 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 there is no free will. We <laughs> we have this illusion, but that illusion comes from the blank slate, which we talked about last. Exactly. Week. Any ideas that arise in our minds are predictable. So if, if we don't pay attention to our own evolved mental tendencies, we'll tend to deny those tendencies in others, leading to all sorts of sentimentality, the just world fallacy, which is what we've named our, our, our medium publication after. Mm. <laughs> and exactly. that whole trash bag of ideas that proceeds from those awful false assumptions. 
Absolutely, man. And like I, I we again, we've talked about this before, and we really should do a a whole free will episode because there's so many there's different perspectives on this. But I I tend to fall into the determinist camp. Um, it's that's hard to prove, obviously. But what I can say for absolute certain is that there's only for a certain is that there is uh, we own only a very small portion of our minds and our brains are are are. Um, are, 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 are even conscious, right? So, so much of what we do, we do on absolute autopilot. So that, that, and, right. And, and so even if there is some part of my mind that I am, you know, some sort of my mind that I'm in control of or some, or it, or some sort of my will, part of my will that I'm in control of most of what I do, including my, in, including um, my facial expressions, ranging from my facial expressions to um, my implicit biases, to, um, to how I respond to, uh, to stimuli is completely out of my control. So the idea, so it really begins to undermine the fundamental premise of the libertarian. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, it is a, a blank slate ideology. And mm-hmm. by failing to predict and anticipate the pitfalls of human behavior, we bring out the very worst in human behavior. We, we fail to put in place structures to reward better behavior or punish bad behavior. I mean, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster, really. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can't, right. I mean, one of the fundamental problems with humanity is that we are fundamentally selfish and it doesn't mean, and that's not a moral you know uh, that I'm that that's, I'm not making a a moral pronouncement there. I'm just making a, a a statement of fact. Every single animal is 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 uh every single animal wants to survive, and so we behave in ways that sort of further that goal at the expense of others. Literally at the expense of others. O- yeah. Only only when it comes to kin or uh, or reciprocal or altruism. Do we get real uh, any kind of altruism at all? So right. the idea that if you just unleash everybody and just allow them to do whatever they want, that we're going to get a better outcome. I mean, it just it, it it flies in the face of reason. And I think that the the libertarian would answer, I don't care. Freedom matters more to me than any of that. And my answer to that is, um, you are living in a you you are a horrible deontologist. You, yeah. This is this is this is exactly why I fucking hate deontology so much. And you know how I hate deontology. I, I rail against it all the time because this idea that the abstract idea of liberty or freedom is more important than the practical outcomes for real living people is it's appalling, Sean. It's appalling. Yeah, it's it's appalling. And you're right to be upset. I'm upset too. I'm only laughing because it's so absurd. It's yeah, exactly. Just, oh, no, no. I, please laugh because it is so fucking absurd. I, I mean, I'm just describing here what we're both talking about is the basic social contract. And, mm-hmm. and libertarianism is anti-social contract. It's anti-system. It's anti-accountability. And, and what I can say about this is that you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. I know it's a fucking cliche. I hate cliches, but it's, it's fucking true. <laughs> it's a good cliche, man. You know, cliches have some basis in reality. There's a reason why they're cliches, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, failing to plan for human civilization, that includes, you know, how we're going to get energy in 100 years from now, not just now, and how we're going to feed ourselves 100 years from now, not just now. And uh, if we have too much uh, liberty, that's a, going to be a return to feudalism. We're not going to, those people are not going to be fed. We're not going to have energy in 100 years. We're going to not going to have a civilization. And, and because what we do when we have too much liberty is we encourage the aggregation of power that is accountable to no one. Hello, Elon exactly. Musk. Nobody exactly. tells Elon Musk what to do on Mars. Yep. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. 
So exactly right. Uh, nobody tells Jeff Bezos what to do. Nobody tells the Koch brothers what to do, or one of them's dead now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't feel bad about laughing at that <laughs> at all because those guys are responsible for countless deaths, countless deaths and suffering. The suffering that those two people have have unleashed um, through their tentacles, like Paul Ryan and uh, mm-hmm. and Mitch McConnell, they have unleashed. We are sitting this country. We are having the discussion we had earlier in this in on this show about the end of democracy because of people just like that. Well, that's right. And so once those unaccountable centers of power have been established, they often exceed the power of weakened governments and they and they and they try to weaken the government. I mean, Citizens United was literally was an assault. Citizens United was an assault on our government. Absolutely. And like, and they are not, they don't even pretend they want government to be small enough, quote, so that it can be small enough so that it can be drowned in a bathtub. That, right. That is a position. That is a quote. That's an actual quote. I'm trying to think of who said it, but that's an actual quote. Right. And this is, it was, I'll tell you who it was. It was Grover fucking Norquist, that little toad. There, that piece of fucking garbage. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is the ideology we're dealing with. Right. And so the question becomes, what do you do when there is no government? That means might makes right, right? That's it. And that's it. And and the definition of law and accountability is it's not optional. You don't get to buy your way out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't get to fucking buy your way out of the laws. You know, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm And uh, this is a really great distillation of this problem in, in the context of COVID-19. And I'm not going to get into any names, but uh, but a big company that I am, that I, uh, with a, a person that I know who I'm very close with, uh, works at this company. And uh, and they have been going to work from time to time. Like uh, every couple of weeks, they have to go to work for a couple for a couple uh, for a couple of days of the week. And the people, the bigwigs at the company, have been going to work all of the entire time, right? So mm-hmm. these are very very wealthy, uh, mostly guys, uh, very very wealthy people, and they are used to flying around in private jets, all that. And so for them, you know, COVID restrictions. They walk around the office with no masks. They don't follow social guidance. Uh, uh, guidance. They don't. They don't self quarantine because they fly on planes all the private planes all the time. They go all over the place. They don't self quarantine. None of that. And so my point is that these guys are so rich the, that they're so used to being able to do whatever they want, right? So they are able to buy themselves out of any situation, right? Like mm-hmm. they're rich. They're used to having little people just cater to them. And so the idea that they suddenly have to follow rules that everyone else has to follow, like wear a mask. They're just, their heads are exploding. Their heads are exploding. They cannot yeah. handle it, Sean. They cannot handle it. And they're no. just, and, and what they're doing is they're setting a terrible example because then they go into the office and then everyone else feels pressure to go into the office too, even though they don't want to go into the office. And by the way, those people are the little people are not going to get that excellent health care. They're no. not going to be able to pay those awful bills. They are not going to be if they don't well, go to work, they don't get paid. Right. So it's 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 and again, well, this is what happens when people are unaccountable. Furthermore, Trump's not the only one mask shaming. Right. I can guarantee you there are CEOs saying, don't wear that goddamn mask. Nobody's sick exactly. here. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, and this brings us back to to to. Our, our section here, and that is that freedom and accountability are always opposite. And so libertarians, there's no way you can be for absolute freedom without also being for getting rid of accountability. They, these things are always at the very least in tension with one another. 
That and is such an important. That's so fucking important. I, I, you'd like we like to extract quotes from this show to uh, <laughs> to talk about later on. Like that. That's that's it. Like great. You cannot have ultimate freedom. Freedom and accountability are they. They are intention. They are intention. They are intention. And all of the, everything that, that the entire law, <laughs> the our entire government is about balancing those things. And these guys are taking a wrecking ball to it. Exactly. So. <clears throat> I've got to address freedom of thought, though, because this isn't just about behavior. There, there are many divides between libertarianism and social contract-based systems, but the first would be libertarians often assert in various forms that ideas have rights of their own. You hear them mm -hmm. sometimes talk about viewpoint diversity. They're trying to apply sure, sure, this sure, to sure. ideas, just like you know, the left talks about, about diversity of, of people. They're, they're trying to apply this diversity to ideas. And Sam Harris is a is is horrible on this too for the same reason. There's a whole bunch of them. Dave Rubin, all these guys, all they, these guys, the yeah. entire intellectual dark web. But this is fucking yep. posers. All yep. right, I mean they 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 are just so. Uh, they, they again, they're taking a wrecking ball to to to, to truth and and justice. So. <clears throat> They can't have it both ways. They can't say that the that the expression of any and every idea is sacrosanct. And this is this is where John Stuart Mill starts to veer into awful territory because he says, and this is this is what people like Sam Harris and and all these guys are based their this idea of of intellectual absolute intellectual freedom on. Mm -hmm. John Stuart Mill says, if all mankind minus one were of one opinion and only one person were of the contrary opinion. Mankind would be no more justified in silencing that one person than he, if he had the power, would be justified in silencing mankind. Now that is the that is that is head exploding horse shit right there. Right, right. Does this right. apply to Hitler, to eugenics, yeah. to the assumption of superior races? I mean, shouldn't we silence Nazis? This is exactly. what this is where this goes, and this is why um, this thing that bringing it back to what you said about Eric Trump. Okay, mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. this is actually their position. Their position is you are. We're, we may be Nazis, but you're silencing us, and therefore you deserve to lose. This is right exactly. from John Stuart Mill. Yep, yep. So, so what? So, so, like, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, uh, ask the question from the libertarian perspective now um, to to you um, because I think it's an important thing for our listeners to 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 think about. And that is the counter argument would be, or one of the counter arguments would be, um, look, this the the solution to bad speech is more speech, right? So yeah, sure, there's Nazis, um, and um, there's Nazis, and they're going to say fucked up Nazi shit. But what we need to do is let them to let, let them talk, and then uh, we, we should uh, instead talk about anti-Nazi stuff a lot, and hopefully we'll be louder. So what? How do you respond to that, Sean? Well, a couple of things. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the first thing is that a lot of wealthy people have a big megaphone and mm -hmm. a lot of wealthy people, as we've seen, are trying to destabilize society. And so what they're doing is obviously these guys aren't white supremacists, but they are using white supremacy to usher in a fascist libertarian government that gives them everything they want. Uh, in terms of corporate power. And so th this is this is the problem is, you know, Karl Popper talked about the paradox of tolerance. If you have an open society and you want to keep that open society, you cannot allow ideas that promote a closed society to flourish. And what I mean by flourish is you can't allow them to become a part of your educational institutions. You can't allow them to be a part of your huge media that is that is being broadcast to to millions or billions of people. 
And if you do, you will lose your open society because those ideas can tend to be persuasive to some people and they will then vote away their democracy. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And uh, to be clear, everybody, I was taking a devil's advocate position. That is not my position. What I said, <laughs> like, what I, to be very fucking clear, um, what I'm saying, uh, but, I, but I just think it's an argument that is, that needs to be, that needs to be batted down decisively. And what I would add to what you said, Sean, and I think what you said was great. Uh, what I would add to that or sort of uh, piggyback on uh, is that uh, ideas that like those that are spewing out of um, the conservative uh, media ecosystem as funded by Koch brothers and, and, and et cetera. These ideas are intuitive to the human brain, right? They lodge themselves in very well. They really are consistent with um, our evolutionary impulses, right? Our, our in-group, out-group sort of impulse, uh, which is one of the strongest ones we have. Uh, we talked about that last week about how racism is in some ways and very, very natural and normal. Um, and it, it's, an, it's, it's, we should expect that from human, from human beings, tribalism, um, right? We talk about things like, um, uh, like, like submitting to authority, Right. All of these ideas are things that are um, and are, are things that are sexy. Right. You know, what's yeah, not well, sexy. What's not sexy is accountability and 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 representative government. And these things don't aren't sexy in the same way as I can. I can take care of your problems for you. It's always a hard accountability is always a hard sell. But mm -hmm. but, the, but tribalism, tribalism is a lever. It's a scab that can be picked over and over and over again. You can yep. get people to do whatever you want. Have whatever you want. Picking that scab of tribalism and blaming it on the other scapegoating. It is dictatorship 101 to do this stuff. So that is why all ideas are not, should not be welcome in an open society. And, and, and here's the thing, the idea of absolute freedom of conscience and, and, you know, uh, uh you know, viewpoint diversity, it, it, it logically asserts that we do not learn from history. If all ideas are equal, why have universities? Why teach anyone anything? We, we go to university to learn what's right, and that requires rejecting what's wrong. The, the motto of my alma mater, which is Northwestern University in Evanston, uh, it's quecum que sunt vera. That means whatsoever things are true. This is from Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. finally, finally, here's the whole quote. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Imagine, imagine the people who are arguing that we should not think on those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, we, we, what you just read reminds me of the quote that is falsely, apparently, uh, inaccurately attributed to Carl, Carl Sagan, which is, uh, if, it, if, it, if it can be destroyed by the truth, it should be destroyed by the truth. And uh, and I'm paraphrasing there, but that's the gist. And I think- Maybe it was I Hitchens. It might have been Hitchens. Might have been Hitchens, What's yeah. But I don't know. We don't know. Might have been. We'll figure it out. We'll put that in the we'll show notes. We'll figure it out. We'll put that in the show notes because <laughs> I think it, that is one of my favorite statements. And because, and it, it, it's, it's multiple, there's multiple prongs there. One, I think one of the important prongs is what we're talking about here, which is like, you know, uh, you know, 
there, there are things that are correct or more correct, and there are things that are wrong and or or more wrong. And we shouldn't pretend like those things are equal. Secondly, um, and this is this is what I I really love about it is that um, it's this idea that like you know just because let me make an analogy or, or use an example. Some people say, yeah, well, you know, even if God is not real, or even if religion is not true, it still brings value to people. So why shouldn't we support that, right? And my answer to that is exactly that quote. If it can be destroyed by the truth, it should be destroyed by the truth, because we are better yeah. off as a society if, we are, if we're operating on facts. Well, and that's it. You know, when we do learn from history, when we, when we do learn from the sciences, when we do study the wisdom of the ages, the main thing and the first thing that we learn is that certain ideas must be disqualified. Yep. And it's always a debate. It's always a debate in academia. Of course, and it should be. And it should be. <laughs> but 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 if we should have that debate without rehashing things that the that the majority, the vast majority of academics would say, no, that's that's a terrible idea. That's a wrong, terrible idea. And and in fact, they have said that. And what has happened is that the libertarians, whether you know, from the Murdochs to the Kochs to whoever, people who want to keep their money is basically what we're talking about here. Literally, that's that's exactly right. They have put their thumb on the scale. They have actually started think tanks. They have uh, they have funded universities so they could get their libertarian nonsense into academia because they knew they knew they lose when, it, 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 on the on the history, on the sociology, on the economics. They lose, and so what do they do? They buy the department. Exactly, exactly, and and uh, and, th and this goes right to. Uh, there's a couple factors, a couple things that I brought that that come to mind right away, and that is I was talking about in 2008 and 2012 with those decisions that really, um, right. Instead of trying to win on the merits, they just change the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Because their ideas are terrible. They're terrible. They are deeply, deeply unpopular. It turns out that normal everyday citizens do not want to cede all of their all of their power to private interests. Who knew? Turns out that is not very popular. So instead, what you what they do is they change the rules. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking of right. Uh, we you talk about not rehashing bad ideas, right? The Supreme Court in in uh, put a, like put to bed. We thought, we hoped, the idea that um, that gay people shouldn't get married. That's a terrible idea, right? That's a terrible, yep. terrible idea. It is, it, it's, it, it's violative of our deepest principles, and mm -hmm. it is based on bigotry and religious authoritarianism. That is yep. why we got rid of that idea. It is terrible, right? And now we are think we're like, but we are now dealing with people on the Supreme Court, Sean that are going to rehash these ideas. They are salivating, licking their lips, waiting for somebody to bring this back to the court. Clarence yep. Thomas has been waiting for years for this to happen. And this yep. is right. And, and, and so now we are rehashing ideas that are already settled law. They're already yep. settled law. We, and, and, we're, and we're doing this as a, as a society now with fascism. As, as, a civil, as a human civilization, we're doing this with fascism. We decided back in 1946 that fascism is a bad idea, right? And yep. here we are again. It's back. Well, and this goes back to what you talked about at the end of the show last week, and that is uh, Clarence Thomas's hypocrisy. Here mm -hmm. he is, somebody who is married to a white woman. Miscegenation used to be illegal. I mean, I hate that word. That word is just it's disgusting. It's despicable. It's disgusting. It really is. So, but he is somebody who could not have married his wife under the laws of the 1950s and 1960s, and uh, now he is thinking about invalidating other people's marriages. 
unreal. <laughs> it's unfucking real, man. It's it is insane. Unfucking real. It, it, and and you know, and this is what we're dealing with. And you know, and this is what we're dealing with. Sort of undoing these ideas. I mean, there is, and I mean, the king of bad faith libertarianism. Um, what's his face? Uh, not Ron. Uh, Rand, Rand Paul, uh, Rand, Rand Paul, Paul yeah. Rand Paul, right? And he is saying, like, he he backed off of this when he was running for president or running for something. He was running for president, wasn't he? Running for president once? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't play. He, he, might backed, have. <laughs> he backed off of this, but his original thing was like, oh yeah, or maybe it was Ron Paul that took this position. But that board Brown v. Board was miss was a was a bad decision. Was the wrong decision, right? And yeah, and, and this that's is the, that's the decision that allowed uh, that 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 allowed us that that allowed schools to remain segregated. Correct. Yeah, uh, no, it, 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 it desegregated the uh, Brown v. Board, desegregated the schools and forced- Oh, desegregated, right. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what you meant. I assume that's what you meant. Um, uh, but yeah, that was a really important decision. But he suggested that that was wrongly decided. And again, this is, a, this is another example of rehashing old bad ideas. That shouldn't even- that should not be part of the conversation, the debate we're having as a society right now. That those ideas are terrible. Well, and here's another one, and I'm about to launch into because this is Go for this it. is really what this is all about. Uh, the the biggest terrible idea that must and should be disqualified in the modern era is is the libertarianism, and I don't mean liberty. I mean the anti-government nonsense that mm -hmm. demonizes socialism. Socialism is that this is the scare word that they have scared the entire country into voting for Republicans over and over again. And 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 even worse than, than, than libertarians are the more anarchist strains uh, that uh, that demonize statism. They, yes. they want to eliminate government entirely. So you have the libertarians hate socialism, anarchists hate statism. And and Honestly, they, the two are kind of combining to the point where it's really kind of hard to tell them apart because because the Republicans and the Republican Party as well has sort of merged into this and they are just slashing and burning the government. But yeah. we have to go back to the language on this in stark contrast to democracy, which means rule by the people. Socialism means an economy for the people. Mm. Libertarianism, on the other hand, concerns itself almost entirely with private property. Yeah, we talk about this too a lot on the show, right? That uh, this idea that that property is more important than than individuals. I, I, I you know, and 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 well, that that the again abstract principles are more important than practical outcomes for real people. They're, they're, it's tied together because libertarians, they loudly trumpet that people should be free to do whatever they want. But the subtext is with their property. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so that leads to all this taxation is theft nonsense. And and what they don't understand, you know, <laughs> taxation, is theft. taxation is theft. This is what they say. And 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 they say it with a straight face. And it's, it's so <laughs> <insane>. <laughs> I did, I'm sorry. Whenever I hear somebody say, it, it, you know, like if you're in a in a thread, you don't you're not a big Instagram person, but I, and I know Jillian's on Instagram sometimes. And if you click on any political thing and you go into the comments, and then there's always the Trump twenty people just say just yell, you know, and like Trump twenty twenty, yeah, Trump twenty twenty, and then run away, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and a lot of times they're bots, but but sometimes, but a lot of times they're like, you know, a young kid, like it's always a kid with like camo and like holding a fish in his profile picture. It's like always that kid or the pickup truck in his in his uh, in his profile picture. It always is, but the but like the taxation is theft is a very similar thing, right? It's just sort of this yeah. sort of like this this statement of, I don't even know what it's supposed to mean. Cause it, it, it's, it's so it, it, it well, 
it, it has no intellectual legs at all. So it's, you know, but it's just it's like absurd. a rally cry, you know. These are guys who don't make that much money, and so they really mm. don't know what paying taxes even is. Hardly, right? They, they, exactly. They, but but what they also don't understand is wage theft. I mean, a lot of these a lot mm -hmm. of these guys are working for companies that are that are just making bank off their labor, and they're getting paid next to nothing. And so nothing. you know they don't seem to care about that. They're just mad at the big bad government. And what they also don't understand about this this whole kind of concept it's it's a fetish. It's a it's become a, a shibboleth of of libertarianism. Taxation is theft. They just repeat it like a mantra. Yep. And taxation, it's got a greater philosophical and governmental purpose. It's not just to pay for government services. It's also to prevent the development of robber barons and by extension warlords. Exactly. So <laughs> because important. If you can buy, you know, all these luxuries that these guys buy, you can also buy an army. I mean, you could literally set yourself up as a warlord. And that is why governments should not allow billionaires to, to exist. It's just, it's insanity. And, you know, if when fortunes get that large, they become an impediment to governance. They can buy media, they can buy elections, they can do all these things. So, and this is what uh, former Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis actually said, and this is a really profound quote. Brandeis so, is a god. <laughs> Love that guy. He says, we can have democracy in this country or we can have great wealth concentrated in the hands of a few, but we can't have both. So that is why taxation is not theft. Taxation is democracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, it, you know, and, and this is this is there's also another thing that they do, another dodge that they do, and that is conservative libertarians often describe themselves as classical liberals because <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they don't like the idea that liberals he, are he's he's another one. Here's another one. Um, oh, it's not what you don't understand, says the white, though, the white dude with like a fedora and like a big beard and like drinking a, uh, a, uh, a an IPA on his cafe racer and talking about how much he hates liberals is that demo it's not we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. <laughs> a republic. A republic. Boom, right. mind blown. Oh my God. Checkmate. I'm going the fuck home. I you <coughs> who knew we live in a fucking shut the fuck up. Of course we live in a republic. That's not the point. Anyway, that was my well, rant. That, <laughs> and you're completely right because that guy has never been to a basic political philosophy course. Doesn't understand <laughs> the difference between direct democracy and representative democracy and, exactly. and, and or any of it. He doesn't understand it, the constitution, you know, why we have anyway, blah, 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 blah. Ugh. <laughs> the worst but you know when you hear this when you hear republic from guys like that with their fucking ipas you're talking <laughs> to people who support minority rule they support hierarchy they support wealth they support private property they're not liberals they are conservatives and this Definitely. is what you know, this is this is the we, we we can't let them get away with this stuff even in conversation Exactly. Absolutely not. Call them out because that is complete bullshit. Unless, right, unless if you think there is nothing liberal in the in the modern sense of 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 the accumulation of the unchecked accumulation of wealth and power at the at the literally at the expense of democracy. Well, that's it. And so they, they always talk about private property. And we have to make a distinction that's important here because these guys they play on this all the time with their little disingenuous lies. Uh, private property is not personal property. In this conversation, the distinction I'm making is between property that you use for yourself versus property you own as an investment. In the mm. sense that your home is personal property, even though it is in the category of what would be described as real property, it's for yourself, not to collect rents. So we're not saying we're against 
fucking personal property or, 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 or people having their private homes. And this, this, these guys, I mean, this dumb troll who came to our Facebook page. Oh, I mean, we, yes. We got, we got a libertarian troll on our Facebook page, folks. And you, you really have to hear this to believe it. He says, because I was talking about private property, and he says, go ahead and stick a sign on the door of your home that states that anyone at all times can come in and utilize your amenities, kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, and all free of charge. Because guess what? Having personal property in your mind is a human rights violation. It's like, I mean, no, <laughs> no, no, literally no one is saying that like that. You want to talk about a straw man? I mean, you have that is you are fighting against a position that I have not taken. No one is saying that. Literally no one is saying no that. one. And it's like, no, dumbass, that's personal property. And everyone is entitled to security and privacy. That's a basic requirement of civilization. Go home. You're drunk. You know, <laughs> what a fucking shit bag. Unbelievable. I mean, they really are that disingenuous. And that's what mm -hmm. that's what is so horrible about dealing with these guys and why uh, the, the Republicans have had their they were geniuses to tap into these idiots. Definitely. Definitely. And look, I mean, it's it, it's and I'm I pointed this out a lot in the past. It is not a uh, uh, a coincidence that the typical libertarian is a white, relatively well off man like yeah. that because that of course you want no rules because you are already on top of the pyramid. So you have you are going to be the boss. You just don't want to have anybody to compete with you. You already have a gigantic. You're the Koch brothers. You have a gigantic head start. You know, come on. Well, th th this is what they're not understanding about the argument, and that is that it is the collection of rents that leads mm -hmm. to class stratification. Yep. Private yep. property beyond what you can personally use leads to the formation of a rentier class. That's the French word for people who collect rent. Mm -hmm. And that leads to vast economic inequality. The rentier class is directly responsible for poverty. That money that's going into their pockets that's not being taxed or taxed sufficiently is coming out of the mouths of children. That's absolutely right. And we're not saying that no one should be able to own property and rent it out. We're not going after mom and pop landlords. We're saying that people with large fortunes who collect rents on a grand scale should give back through the paying of higher taxes. And that is all of what, like the Democratic Party has, has taken the barest steps like, oh, we're going to raise taxes on people making over 400000 a year. But are they going to raise them enough? No. No, of I mean, course they won't. They won't. And and this is because the, because because. It's, well, politically, it's politically unviable to do so that, you know, right. And uh, this is really important, I think, because and as I say, I always say I'm, a, I'm an Obama Democrat and Obama's big on this. And he says, like, you know, he was asked recently why he remains hopeful in the Trump era. How does he live through the Trump era watching his legacy being torn down? And he says, because I know that the progress is not in a straight line. Right. We go backwards, we go forwards, we go up and we go down. The question is, on balance, do we move forward? And um, and so we and we take what we can get. We fight, we fight, we fight, we fight, we compromise and then we come back to fight another day. And so we should expect Democrats to have, you know, like half the country does not agree with us, even if right. they hate Donald Trump. They do not agree with us. And we and we have to find a way to live with them. So 
I just wanted to bring that up just because, no, the taxes are not going to be raised enough. But no, that's important. Raised. Well, and, and here's where we have to go. This is what we have to understand is that uh, without sufficient taxation, the rentier class of investors will take a greater and greater share of the world's wealth and political power. It will never stop. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go back the other way. Never. And, and this is the entire subject of Thomas Piketty's excellent book, Capital in the 21st Century which is, uh, it's, a, it's a reference to Das Kapital, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Marx wrote this thing in the 18th century or 19th century, and uh, now we have, we have a completely different set of, of economic circumstances, but, but the wealthy but. Are, still, are still in charge. You know, so, it's so funny because people like to think that Marx was was discredited um, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, but that's not true at all. I mean, Marx, right? Like the idea of the communist, of, of a communist utopia, um, is is it is is, is it's probably uh, not going to happen. It's, it's probably not going to happen. But the idea, the basic foundations, the ideas of you know late capitalism, right? The idea of the capitalist cycle, the idea of the of the bourgeois class, like and 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 labor as opposed as 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 distinct and different from from capital, like those ideas were absolutely on point, and they're as relevant as ever, as relevant as ever. Well, I wish libertarians were as upset about surplus value being harvested from their labor as they <laughs> yeah, were exactly <laughs> about taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing: there's not that many members of the rentier class. Okay, there's only a few thousand billionaires in the entire world. Around right. three, around three thousand, three thousand billionaires. Wild. That's wild. It's not just them. People worth more than about a million dollars control about half the world's total wealth, and that share is increasing. So I think we're going to have to do a show on economic inequality. Uh, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. I'm just saying there's only a few of them. They have names and addresses. They have bank accounts. And we could tax the hell out of them and use that money to rebuild our world and eliminate poverty forever. It's not utopian. It's possible. Yep. Yep. You remember uh, Utopia for Realists. Excellent book. Anybody out there, read that book. Um, uh, that is an outstanding book on this very issue. Uh, we can do it. We can do it. Yeah. And so with with strong democratic governance, the rich would A, have never gotten that rich and B, they wouldn't be able to keep all that money. Uh, with democratic governance, we could and would abolish poverty. And why haven't we done this? Why don't we vote the bastards out who protect the rentier class and private property? Wouldn't that be in everybody's interest? Well, they have gotten their hooks into people and scared them with socialism. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, you, you can't and, do yeah. it. You're accused of socialism. It. You try to do anything, you're accused of socialism. And it's created a political third rail. And, and it's the single reason why we have homeless people, why we don't have health care, why 15 to 20 percent of American children go to bed hungry, why our public schools are failing, why many urban people of color turn to lives of crime instead of pursuing lives of knowledge and productivity. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all that suffering is caused by this rentier class and and by their the the obscure ob- obscuring of the reality with that scare word socialism. That's a, yeah, totally. And uh, that I really respect Bernie Sanders on this point, right? For just walking straight into it, you know, he waiting because that was he needed somebody who was at least socialism is not a scary word on the left anymore, right? Um, let's set aside the centrists, but um, but on the left, on, on the true left, like it is not a scary word anymore. It's still obviously terrifying on the right, but this is a, something that Bernie Sanders, to his credit, has mainstreamed at least democratic socialism. 
Yeah, and it should be Democrat. I mean, there's really it's kind of the, the, these semantic games are not really all that meaningful because no, they're not. They're uh, not. But it's it, but that but 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 that's a, an important branding from a branding is. perspective. That's it's super important, right? Democratic socialism now all of a sudden because people think socialism is fascism or socialism is 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 uh, Venezuela or socialism is yeah. um, is 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 Soviet era communism, right? And that also, but those are authoritarian regimes. That's not the same thing. So when you throw democratic socialism in front of it and you point to Germany, all of a sudden it starts to make more sense. Well, this is just it, is that uh, functional democratic socialism has proven tremendous benefits all over Europe with much greater levels of health and happiness than Americans could ever dream of, even Canada. So... I mean, social spending has been cut drastically in America since the election of Ronald Reagan. And it's it's one of the first things he did was to cut taxes and social spending. And and this word socialism has been used by libertarians to scare Americans into accepting artificially imposed poverty for nearly half a century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another that's another quotable one, man. That's another quotable. Well, just think it's been 25 years since Hillary Clinton first tried to take the first steps toward universal health care. President Obama nearly got it done in 2010, but Joe Lieberman torpedoed the public option. He wouldn't he wouldn't go for it. Yeah. You know, and Ugh, how many people have Lieberman. died because of that one decision? Oh, my God. And oh. furthermore, the public option would have not run into the constitutional issues that caused the uh, the individual mandate to be uh, invalidated by the Supreme Court. Sure. So, you know, that's something that 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 little sabotage right there is is I can't even overstate how how horrible that is. And and yet, even though we didn't have a public option, the Republicans still tried to repeal Obamacare more than 60 times. And the Supreme Court is poised literally this week mm-hmm. to undo that pro- program entirely. And I mean, some powerful people just don't want Americans to have health care or any other benefits. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's so funny because on the right, they are always talking about that, you know, it's the radical left, it's the uh, it's the communists, it's the uh, the feminists or the the, the baby killers, etc. And and the boogeyman, the real boogeyman is, um, you know, and, and first of all, I'm not a big fan of, of the idea of a boogeyman in general. I think it's uh, for the same reason I'm not a fan of the, of of uh, of. Of, of people being put on super superhero pedestals. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's a system, right? It's a system and, and a set of incentives. And what we're dealing with is a insurance industry, mostly, right? And healthcare industry, drug industry, uh, powerful people that are saying like, no, 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 we like the way things are. We make money off of people's deaths. Uh, we want people to be go broke um, uh, trying to pay their insurance because uh, or trying to pay their medical bills because we get to make a lot of money off of it. And it's really just as simple as that. It's really just as simple as that. From the Koch brothers on down, it's a bunch of individuals, selfish individuals that we talked about earlier in the show. Individuals are selfish. They think about their own self-preservation their own and, and their own status. And, um, and, and the result is torpedoing legislation that will save hundreds and thousands of lives. Well, and this is and just- be cheaper. And it would be cheaper. It'd be cheaper and better, but you know, it cuts out. It cuts out the middleman. And exactly, this is why the most people in America would vote for universal health care. People who are over sixty-five love their Medicare. 
Definitely. And even to the extent where they were saying government hands off my Medicare, right? Yeah. And which is the th they yeah. love their Medicare. And, and so if we expanded Medicare to age 60 and then 55 and then on down, it would be extremely radically popular. Yep. But if we try to talk about universal health care, then all of a sudden it's socialism. Exactly. And this is the, this is the, these guys are walking a very fine line because they know that once Americans figure this out, the, the, the jig is up. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, but so they, they, they continue to demonize. And this is what, this is what we talked about before, along with the word socialism has come a whole grab bag of ugly, just world fallacy nonsense, like mm -hmm. meritocracy, like yeah. laziness, shiftlessness, calling people parasites and looters and moochers words, which have always been directed disproportionately at people of color. And by contrast, used to justify the vast wealth that's being hoarded at the top as somehow meritorious. I mean, did I miss anything? Can you think of any other insults that are directed at the board? Oh moment? my God, uh, I you know I can't, but I I can't say how important this is. And and you know ju the just world fallacy, as you know, is uh, is a hobby horse of mine, a hobby horse of ours on this show, and obviously the term that we have based our medium publication on. And look, I mean, this kind of I want to connect this to the sort of religious thinking, right, and the religious authoritarianism and the hierarchy that comes um, that that is uh, that is sort of in, that is really part and parcel of the right. The idea that everyone is where they are, they should be because they have earned their way there, which mm -hmm. is obviously not true. Um, you know, I am okay. Like uh, natural, we've talked. We talk about the different distinction between natural hierarchies, right? People that are, let's say, I'm better at X, Y, and Z than than the than these people are, and therefore I be, or I have leadership skills or whatever it is, and I naturally become a leader. Let's say um, that's one kind of hierarchy, but like, and that that is a meritorious hierarchy. But that's not what we're dealing with in American society. That's not what we're dealing with in global society. It is not a meritorious hierarchy. It is essentially an arbitrary hierarchy with people. Uh, I Idle rich, making getting richer and making more money uh, without actually convert conferring any benefit to any real benefit to society. Well, this is just it. And if somebody you know makes a billion dollars on a stock trade, and there's lots of those guys out there, mm -hmm. and they're mostly guys. Let's be mm -hmm. honest. Let's be honest. When 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 those young able-bodied uh, self-made billionaires are laying around on their yachts, they're praised as being you know self-made and 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 all of that and it's fine for them to lay around and collect their rents on their on their stock investments but if someone is idled by unemployment or underemployment or they're 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 blamed for their own predicament they should yep. have worked harder they should have gotten a better yep. job they should have went to school all these all this victim blaming and there there's these libertarians are stark raving insane with their shaming of the lower rungs of society absolutely absolutely it's 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 ugh, i i can't it's just, it's so awful. And and again, it always demonstrates, we always see, like I said earlier, libertarians are never poor people. No. <laughs> you know, they're never- Some are. of them are, some of them are. I mean, some of these guys, a lot of Joe six packs, I'm sorry, are libertarians. That's a good point. That's a good and, point. That's you know, they, point. They, they really are the working poor and they actually should make common cause with people of color because they Absolutely. both could get a hell of a lot better deal. Oh, you know, that's really interesting. That dovetails with uh, the book that I've been reading, Du Bois, uh, on um, Black Reconstruction in America. And he hammers on this all the time is that, right, that the white, poor white sees himself as a future capitalist, mm -hmm. not 
uh, and, and does not see himself in solidarity with the black worker. And this is our final segment here that I want to talk about, which is which is Ayn Rand and her influence and this idea, the virtues of of selfishness uh, and self-interest. I mean, OK, like we it, she's despicable. OK, despicable. At the end of Atlas Shrugged, the protagonists fly off to the mountains in a private jet as they watch the cities of America's eastern seaboard going dark and collapsing into chaos. And the crime of the civilization in her eyes was that the teeming, lazy, grifting masses didn't pay enough attention or give enough respect or money to the wealthy. And, you know, this is where it all becomes impossible to ignore. Libertarianism is an ideology of supreme selfishness. Adherents of this ideology are possibly the only people in the world who still don't think capitalism is selfish enough. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. 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 <laughs> We we had a tro the same troll who the libertarian troll on our Facebook page. You know he was saying essentially, uh, I, I just I have to I have to read his stuff so that you know the mentality that we're dealing with. I, I know this is this is going long, but you gotta uh, you gotta understand it. This is our definitive statement on libertarianism, and you know these guys, true libertarians, they they know exactly who they are. They're the only ones. Who think that they operate in rational self-interest? Everybody else is, of course, doesn't understand their own interests, right? Exactly. And Everyone else, always, of course. So we posted, you know, if anybody thinks that we should have a civilization that works together and cooperates, they're idiots. Yep, exactly. They don't understand that, like, the, you, like they're they're in they're intellectually inferior somehow. Yeah. There is yeah. no more arrogant group than the libertarians. I mean, the arrogance is astonishing. And what pisses them off the most is if you attack one of their heroes, because, you know, this guy who is our, this troll, he wants to fucking be Mark Zuckerberg. And we posted a a meme making fun of Mark Zuckerberg because we love to rip on him because the guy just doesn't care about democracy at all. Nope. And so we posted this meme and it was Zuckerberg next to data. And we were talking about, you know, who <laughs> is 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 having a harder time becoming human. And. <laughs> It was pretty clear. It's funny. It Look, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It wasn't Come Data on. who was having a hard time being human. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Data's more human than Zuckerberg will ever be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this idiot says he says, um, "Well, exactly. If you feel so strongly about it, get off." You know, he wants. He wants. <laughs> he's a libertarian. He wants to to take our content off of Facebook because he says it's a business. It's meant to make a profit. It's fine to be honest about that, whether anyone who simultaneously uses it while discrediting it likes this reality or not. The truth is that our country was founded on the principle that a person has a right to free thought and enterprise. That's the truth of life. I have a self. It's in my nature to be selfish and want to do the things that I like and pursue my own wealth. No one lives for my sake. That would be slavery. No matter how much you dress it up with words of democracy, your sentiments on the subject make it an empty shell. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ugh. This is just, straight. It's straight out of Ayn Rand. It is. I mean, that's Ayn Rand. Like, like it, 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 it reflects precisely, almost exactly what we just talked read earlier about about Ayn Rand. What you were just talking about earlier about Ayn Rand. I mean, this idea. It, it it's a, and this is why it's so sexy to the people, uh, to 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 the libertarians like Paul Ryan, who is uh, he's out of politics, thank God, but also one of the people that I I. I couldn't hate anybody more really um maybe donald trump but um he but this idea it, it's like a a retroactive justification for being uh for disproportionate uh power and wealth like that's all libertarian is and that and 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 ayn rand is is the epitome of that yeah 
Yeah. And so I, I replied to him, obviously I said, I, I really didn't want to engage with this guy, but I thought maybe right. he would, maybe he was worth talking to. I, I said, <laughs> I said, we take a dim view at the radical secular of your narrow concept of self-interest. We encourage everyone to consider the systemic impacts of all their thoughts and behavior. Narrow self-interest is destroying civilization, not enhancing it. Given your right libertarian stance, it's not at all surprising you sided with Zuckerberg on this. I'd encourage you to reconsider whether this page is right for you and your relationship to your fellow humans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know. And, 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 dip, and diplomatically done, too. It would definitely, definitely like... You know, it didn't pull any punches, but it, but it but you know, but it was definitely sounded like an, an organization's response. Yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> I, I, he obviously didn't like that. He, he said, the, "I am entirely self-interested and happy to be. My interests are the only interests I own. It's my mind I use to think with. My words are my own. I say this because I want to. No other reason. That's not destroying a country founded for the very reason of my having the right to." And, to the ability of the pursuit of my own personal wealth or the ability to speak freely. I'm only obligated to myself in that or any regard. Can you say that you've gotten permission from every person in the public that you claim to speak for when you invoke in the name of public good? Wow. Ugh. Ugh. Just, ugh. Again, abstract principle over practical outcomes. Yeah, I mean, the dude's a classic randroid. And of course, the public good that I'm talking about and that you talk about Christoph is it's based on objective measures of human flourishing. Exactly. And, you know, this is, I know where this is about all I can take of this. And so we got to wrap this up, but we, we have to connect these libertarian ideas to their consequences. Cause we have to remember that, that Trump is Trump and he's nasty and people can't stand him. But Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul, uh, Ron Paul, Yep. All these other people, that whole crew. I could name off the entire crew, Devin yep. Nunes. Yep. You know, there's a, just a ton of them. They would do all of the same things and they might be a little nicer about it. Yeah, they would do it. Uh, right. I mean, this is why I, I heard this point made earlier this week, and that is John Roberts is a political hack, too. He's just a much smarter and more talented and cunning political hack, right? They're all doing the same fucking thing, which is trying to privatize government because that is their ideology. And they don't care about what happens to anybody. Um, um, it, it's a pursuit of power uh, for its own sake, really, um, but, but shrouded in the idea that there is some sort of abstract principle that matters to them. But really, it's just selfish, wanton pursuit of power. Yeah. And really, it's you know, when when you let these guys go to their logical conclusion of unlimited aggregation of wealth, you know, it's going to take the food out of the, out of the mouths of children. It, it kills people. It destroys civilization. It's really no different than slavery or, or Nazism. Exactly right. It's exactly right. It is. It's it's genocidal. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. So we hope that many Americans will vote on Tuesday to put the interests uh uh, to, to not put the interests of the Rantier class above their own, because that's what we're really talking about. It's Trump is Trump is a symptom of a larger problem. Mm -hmm. And if we can't figure this out as a nation, if we can't get ourselves out of this intellectual trap of our own making, I suppose we really don't deserve the benefits of a civilization. We can we can go be like those places in Africa that don't have mm -hmm. democracy and they're struggling with it, struggling to survive. So yeah. smash libertarianism. Fuck you, libertarianism. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs>
All right, Christoph, let me kick it over to you for our search below the radical radar. Yes, yes, uh, Sean, let's do this. Um, so Trump at his COVID-19 super spreader rally events has been doing this sort of bizarre old like white dude dance <laughs> um, as if he were at his first concert and as if real um, uh, artists take him seriously. Is It's this weird I, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm, he's but, just rocking. He's just he's rocking. just rocking back and forth and like moving his hands back. But my favorite thing, he just moves his hands and nothing else. It's like, what are you doing up there? So anyway, uh, so Sean, let's take so let's talk music. What is the last concert you went to? And did Jillian come with you? We went to see Sons of Apollo in L.A. at the end of January. And nice. that's the last time we've been anywhere. It was uh, it was in a tiny little club. Is it the whiskey? Actually. Nice. So. Yeah, we saw it was it was a big band. They're a dream theater side project. And there was 500 people packed into that place like sardines. And it was it's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I was like 10 feet away from Mike Portnoy. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. How about I, you? Yeah. So the last show I went to was a punk rock show. Uh, and 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 so right in, in punk rock world, uh, we call them we call them shows, uh, whether or not they're regardless of the size. Um, but it was a bad religion show, of course, my favorite band like ever. Um, and I went with my brother, Justinian, uh, shout out Justinian. Um, uh, and we both love bad religion, but it was a really just an amazing show. Um, I, should, should I say this? I guess I'll say this. So I was, let, 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 let's put it this way. I was on some experience and experience enhancing, uh, products. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and it was, it was awesome. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, and it was the last show that I saw. And the first show that I saw ever in my life was, uh, was, was a band called face to face, another Southern California uh, punk band in, 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 in Manhattan. But, uh, you know, hopefully that bad religion show. Um, wasn't the last show that I'll ever see um, because uh, I, I don't think I'd be going into a concert or a show for a very, very long time. You know, um, uh, I can remember back when it didn't seem reckless and dumb to go to a show. Now it seems like I just can't imagine what that would be like uh, to do it at this point. But uh, um, anyway, uh, OK, just like that, we've checked below the radical radar. Um, I'm going to kick it back to you, Sean. Yeah, well, our third and final segment is called Radical Solutions. And of course, this one's going to be really short. Uh, this is where we explore what it means to approach life's problems from a radical secular perspective. And today we are confronting a presidential election. We've pretty much said everything there is to say about that. So our radical solution for you today is simple and there's not much to say about it. This election is almost over. If you can phone bank on Monday and Tuesday and volunteer to contact as many people in the swing states as you possibly can, do that. And if you haven't voted, fucking vote, people. <laughs> fucking vote. And that's a mic drop. So any final thoughts, Christoph? No, man, except for a look, everybody go vote. You know, we're all exhausted. It's been an exhausting four years. We've held on. We have fought. We have clawed our way back. 2017, we, you know, we stopped the Affordable Care Act from getting thrown out, right? 2018, we won the midterms, you know, uh, and we won, uh, we won uh, interim races, uh, et cetera. And now here is the final act. We have to finish this, cross the finish line. Everybody hold on let's do this yes let's do this well once again i want to remind you to make sure and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and if you're watching this on youtube be sure to hit that red subscribe button 
Be sure to give us a five-star rating on your podcast host and write us a review over at Apple. Positive podcast reviews at Apple will help us grow in their recommendations list faster than almost anything else. Tell your friends and family about our show. Word of mouth really matters. Check out the Just Words Fallacy Medium publication. The link is in the bio. And look, thank you everyone for being here and sticking with us through this ridiculously long show. And remember, wherever you are, you can be radically secular. You've been listening to The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state and the pursuit of justice. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel.